previously on the Simply Human podcast. There's about two people and, and three pigs. So, oh, oh, uh, I like the human to pig ratio, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's episode 137 of the Simply Human podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is past heptathlon world athlete and yoga educator and studio owner, Anne Green. Great, great conversation with Anne Green. Stay tuned for the guided meditation at the end of her interview, which I think is going to be really cool for a lot of people and a, a very good thing that you can continue to do after this interview or this show and then it is another moderately funny edition of Humans Being Human with Craig and When Dogs Attack this is probably like the most derailed I think we've ever gotten during a Humans Being Human it was it like, was pretty bad uh, comments that Craig was making that I don't think he realized what he oh, was saying oh I think knowing that Craig it turned into like innuendo yeah, fest well, 2016 I think he knew exactly what he was saying because I know Craig very well I think he was doing that on purpose and we're up over there something you did Wait, how are you, Rick? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Um, okay, one thing I have to mention. I have tried. Right. I have tried everything. When you hit play on the podcast, there is this weird static thing, and I don't know how. I've tried everything. I don't know what to do. It's it's just just deal with it, people. Well, we're done. We're not going to do this anymore. <laughs> no, no one has complained, but it's still like it, it just drives me crazy. I and like when I when it's when I play it in the software, it doesn't do it. When I play it after I like in iTunes before I when I, after I convert it to an MP3, it doesn't sound like that. It's it's something happening. It's just like the first like two three seconds, and I've I've tried. Trust me, I'm a uh, you know I've tried everything. I've turned I've, I've I've plugged it in. I've turned it off. I've done everything right. All the all the basic stuff. So that being said, uh, I something horrible happened to me on Friday. Sorry, I, I muted real quick because I had to sneeze. So something happened to you on Friday? Something horrible happened to me on Friday. Not horrible enough. You're talking to me on Monday. Yeah, well, I was... Uh, I, humans being human with Craig. I was with Craig on Friday night. We were driving uh, home together. And Rick, do you remember um, when we were in school, there was that uh, go-kart place kind of back there by the state school on Maple? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over by it's, where Mr. Gaddy's was. Uh. Uh, kinda. It's like yeah. there, there was a, there's a, the state, it was, it was on Maple, there was a state score out there and it was called Spinners right now and now it's like nothing. It's just like an overgrown field. But Man, I can't believe the Abilene isn't the city of, uh, the center of economic growth in the entire universe. Uh, excuse I me. Believe, I can't we, believe the go-kart uh, place went out of uh, business. Uh, 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 excuse me. It went out of business because there's a place called Primetime now which has indoor soccer and a, a go-kart and putt-putt and it's and, and, and bowling and it's like main event and it's awesome and Benny Wiley is like the coach at the gym there who was on the show and he's famous. So yeah, uh, uh, it's, it's doing very well. Thank you. So on that little street, there's no street lights. It's kind of like this little back road, and we it's like a shortcut over to where we were going. And I'm it's it's nine thirty minutes, ten ten o'clock. It's totally dark. There's no street lights. Can't really see except for like the headlights, you know. And we're going, we're going, we're going. And this possum comes out just from out of nowhere, and I try to avoid it. I, you know, if I'm out being a hunterman, and I'm going to kill an animal for meat or something, that's one thing. But a, a defenseless possum crossing the road. I'm going to try to avoid the possum. I want the possum to live if possible, right? Okay. And, I, and it like, it, it zigged and I zagged and it, and it was like, thunk, thunk, you know, and I went over it. And Craig immediately goes, he gone. <laughs> and, and he, and, and I, started to, I started to slow down. And he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I got I to gotta go check on him. What? And he was like, what? No, keep driving. Just keep driving. It's a possum. It's not like a, a zebra. Well, it gets <laughs> a zebra. Like if you hit a zebra, like you'd probably be like, I got to go check on that. It's a, no, it's a Or if it animal. was like a big like a, a big sea turtle or something, like, <laughs> like a shark crossing the there's road. A kang- there's a kangaroo. You probably got to go back and check. Yeah, like, see, hey, that's uh, one of the animals that people love. No one loves a possum. I know. I know. Possums are gross and they're nasty. Yeah, and- like you hit a rat with your car. Right. All right. I do have a rat story too. So... Oh man. Okay. Well, I'll get there. So I, 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 I do not heed Craig's advice. 
I let a couple of cars pass and I make a U-turn. And and you know, we're going 60, you know, it's like a 50 it's like a 30 mile an hour. We're going 60 and a 30. So whoa, whoa. just kidding, just kidding. I, was, I know, I know, I know. I was just kidding. It's like 55. It's like 55. So we were we were I mean we weren't going like slow. So I had I'd gone past it, you know, few several uh, yards past it whatever. And so I turn around and I and we come up to it and I and we put it in the in the headlights, you know, and it is not dead. It is horrifically like writhing and flopping around. And not only is it horrific. So oh, you haven't killed the possum. Listen, you severely wounded. I him. severely wounded him, but this is it's it was not a man possum. It was a female possum. You know how I know this? Because oh, I hate this is horrible. I, this is like bring it on down now, everybody. Okay. People who are sensitive to things. I want everyone to know that this like, like deeply made me sad. It's like I, I was like I'm 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 heartbroken about this. I, I think I feel I I know what you're about to say. I think and so there were little pink possum babies scattered all around the mom and oh, I'll never. <laughs> It's like you you ran over uh, a uh, a fanny pack full of possum babies. That's what happens. They like there's a little pouch. They're marsupials. So okay, what what do you do in that situation? Uh, you have to put the the possums out of their misery, right? All of them. yeah. I mean, the babies can't live without the right, mom, right, right. So are what, the babies fine or are they no, squashed? No, they're, they're but even if they're fine, they're they're gonna be eaten by a bird in like two seconds. So I what maybe? What would you have done if you were behind uh, the wheel of my car? Well, you definitely got to kill the big one, right? So how would you, you do it? You can do. Would and you, I'm not gonna take a possum to a vet. Would you get out and like smash it with your boot heel? Like what? 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 What would you do? Well, I, I, God, this is a real connection. See. If the if the babies were not like all squished and jacked up, I would actually legitimately consider picking up the babies like in a shoebox or something and calling a vet's office and being like, "Hey, we're just leaving them in the shoebox in front of the vet's door." <laughs> something I don't know. I would not want to like. Uh, but how would you like terminate those? But I would just run over the okay, other. Okay. Yeah, I would just back it up and just. So, but it was in front of us. Actually, we turned around and it's flopping around. I'll never get this image of this possum the way it was flopping. And I and I like I lined it up with the wheel and I like it's the best sentence ever by the way I'll never get the <laughs> mental image out of my head of the way this possum was flopping and I and I ran and I and I went back over it and then I backed up and made sure that they were all no longer with us. If you're disgusted by Mark's behavior, send him an email. It's simply human. But lifestyle. you just said no, that you would have done. I mean, I feel like I couldn't. But I just, didn't do it. But I couldn't have just left them there. I had to do it. Did you run over all the babies too? They were right there. They were. <laughs> oh God! So sad. You were like Ramsey Bolton. <laughs> Game of Thrones <laughs> reference. Uh, okay, so listen. So like, I'm like heartbroken about this. A so Friday yeah, you night. You sound real heartbroken. I was. We were, like two days later. Well, I was, and so we get to this. We went to like this gathering on Friday night. There were a bunch of people there, and I tell everybody, "Oh, God, what happened? Just happened." Well, one of the guys goes by that he just happened to be driving down that road the next day and he stopped like in the daylight and took a picture of the scene <laughs> and like and, like sent it out to everyone and like you could oh it was awful it's just awful and but we were saying like what if the mom wasn't flopping around what if she was like celebrating that she got hit by a car but she's like i'm okay i'm okay i can't believe it i'm gonna be just fine hey what was that what's the headlights so and then in other news i caught i have a rat in my garage it lives in my garage not a mouse i mean a freaking like it's splinter from uh i was gonna say he's teaching you a karate (laughs) yeah he's wearing like a cloak and has a little walking cane he's that big and i caught him on like a little mouse trap and i went and got my little pellet gun i was gonna put him out of his misery you know no 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 no, no. at this point you're not putting things out of your misery you're just senselessly no no uh, no if you catch a rat if you catch a rat you can't just i'm not just gonna throw it in the dumpster alive that's Tor- that's that's inhumane. I feel like shooting it with like a little pellet gun 
putting it out, you know, because it's in there destroying our garage, like chewing through things, like that has to stop, right? So, but listen, this rat was so big, it like side, on its side, with all four legs attached to the mouse sticky pad, it like wriggled its way by the time I was like getting my gun, my little BB gun, you know, like it had gotten out around the garage into the bushes and was able to like avoid me long enough in the bushes like Rambo until it like got free and got away. And I was like, you know what? Hats off to you, rat. Amazing job. You are uncomfortable with Mark's uh, senseless uh, serial slaughter of (laughs) animals. You know how long it's been since I killed an animal, Mark? You never had mice in your house? No, Mark, I don't live like in an area where mice are going to come into my house. Okay, so th- there's a mouse in your cupboard. There's what are not, you going to do? I don't, sorry. Okay. I, I'm just I, saying. I keep a cleaner house than you oh, do. Oh, please. I don't have any mice that is absolutely false. I live with the <clears throat> the cleanest, most well, anally. Maybe she's doing something wrong if you got a bunch of freaking mice. Oh, gosh. Mice are a, are, a, are a problem. We live in the country. If you have a mouse in your cupboard, you're not just going to be like, welcome. The city. Like our mice here are very you're... sophisticated. <laughs> they have glasses and, and bow ties and uh, they know how to make they, soup and they, drive little cars. They drive little cars. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, you're just gonna like, make here friends are, like, with the mice. mice that crawl around in the walls <laughs> eating wires like a bunch of you know like a bunch of uh, speed freaks. Oh my gosh, you would have to kill a mouse. I can't wait for you to have to kill a mouse. Um, the other day though at work, uh, this was completely inadvertent. I was uh, out of my car in the middle of the night. I was checking on a construction site, just kind of walking around, you know, making sure there's been nobody stealing stuff on my watch. Well, I was I. Picked up a rock. I don't know why I was looking at it or whatever. Well, when I was done, I just throw the rock. And after I threw it, I look up and there's a bunny. I didn't even realize. Or like a rabbit. And I hit that ra- I didn't throw the rock hard. I wasn't like Nolan Ryan. I just threw it overhand though. And right when I th- threw it, I realized there's a rabbit right there. And I hit this rabbit right in his rear end with a rock. He scam- <laughs> like jumped up in the air like a foot and scampered off super fast. I was like, oh man. I didn't. Uh, what are the odds of that happening? And also, yeah. I didn't realize. Well, Jen heard us talking about her cleanliness, and she just poked her head in here and, and like pointed her finger at me and said, "You tell Rick to not like besmirch my cleanliness." She vacuums like twice a day. It's insane. She should vacuum three times a day. Oh my gosh! I will house. not be playing her that. She will kill you. She. I will change my phone. Uh, your name, my phone from <laughs> good old Rick. From, you will block me from your wife's phone. <laughs> yeah, which, which I've already, already done which for I've, some unknown reason. I didn't do anything. Yeah. To get well. Hey, uh, man, I, we can't really say exactly what it was, but I've got you in my phone as like a nickname and I emailed Anna Vicino and it like, the nickname like came through on so the email. Sees Mark, like, because Mark, <laughs> this before on the show, let's go a little long here. Mark is a little child said. in the fact that you look at his phone and all no. his phone contact list. He has nicknames for people like, uh, just not their real names. You know you what, Craig? My, do you know everyone what, in my phone is listed as their human well, name. Do you know what Craig is in my phone? No. He's Fleefer Flopper. You're an idiot. And that's, and so Mark's got all these like he he's got my name in his phone as a nickname that he gave me, and I have no idea why. But like uh so he emailed Anna Vicino <laughs> trying to get her on the show a couple times and so that nickname came through on her email. She was like, what is this? Like, who yeah. is that? I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and it wasn't, I don't know, it could have been a lot worse. And it could have been, like, Anna wouldn't have cared. But anyway. Um, well, I've already explained the reason why I do that. Well, it's a stupid reason. Well, I don't want to send, like, if I send my, I'm not going to send, like, my brother's name is Jeff. There are other, like, people in my in my life named Jeff that I would Maybe not be want... a little bit more like intentional about what you're doing and making sure you're sending it to the right Jeff. Well, you it's think just you're the only Mark I know. It's just a safety measure. It's a safety measure. Idiot. Let's get to our interview with Anne Green. And this is like this is we, we have been we've had some folks like with publicists and like assistants like call us or email us and try to set up Anne's one of those people two-time Olympian uh, she's done she speaks all over the place she's a Canadian she loves hockey we're gonna get into all that but like really cool person to have on the show and she's just like I really want to have her back on from like I mean you talk about like the enjoy life pillar she is like the personification of the enjoy life pillar of the simple human lifestyle like she is yeah. awesome um, if you have questions on enjoy life 
pay attention the next right. 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. So before we get to it, go to the website, simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Call us. We get a call during the interview, uh, 530-42-HUMAN. Uh, leave us a voicemail uh, or questions, comments. Email us, simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Rick at gmail.com. Leave us a review on iTunes. We've got almost 400 reviews. That is insane to me. I can't believe we have that many. Um, it might even be more. I haven't. I didn't. I went to go check today, and then I got sidetracked and didn't do it. So, um, you know, go back and listen to previous episodes. Super uh, excited about the people we've had on in the last few weeks: Vinny Wiley, Marcus Brown, uh, some of these other guys. So, uh, a lot of cool stuff is coming up. We'll get to that at the end of the show, though. So, uh, at Simplyman52 is all the stuff: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Periscope, and 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 the social medias. Like us on Facebook. All right, here we go. We talked to Ann about heptathlon, a career-ending injury, yoga, body awareness, habits and rituals, Ann's rituals, RPMs, inconsistency, breathing, pain brain feedback system, a guided meditation, which is really cool, guessing her birthday, and being outside. Here's Ann. Oh, wait. Oh, can, uh, Canada. Good day, mate. Let's put another <laughs> shrimp on the shrimp on the barbie. Is that not the right place? I'm it's thinking not right. quite, but they're all cool places. So are you a big uh, hockey fan being from Canada? Because Rick is a big hockey fan. It's all he ever talks about. Yes, I'm a huge hockey <gasps> fan. My dad played in the AHL. <gasps> NHL and, really? Who's your dad? Uh, he's an old timer. So he's one of the original Sixers, and he played really? for Boston Bruins. And he's like almost eighty-eight now. So oh he's uh, he's very old, and unfortunately, he's also very sick. Oh no. um, but uh, he had a beautiful life, and now at his point in life, he's remembering a lot about those days. And huh. It's really nice. We're getting some pretty cool stories. So it's that cool. is awesome. <laughs> Seriously, that is like the coolest yeah. thing ever. Yeah. Who's your and team, then- and if you're a hockey enthusiast, who's your team? Oh, it's really hard, and my sister's going to love me for saying this, but my dad might be angry. Probably the Canadians. Oh, my gosh. He was a Bruin, and you're a Canadians fan? Oh. Yeah, I know. Well, wow. Usually, usually I'm a Boston Bruin fan, but staying on the Canadian note lately, yeah, Canadians are pretty awesome. They've done a lot of good things. My sister will, like, drop dead in her tracks that I actually said that. <laughs> well, I, uh, I'm a... a- I'm in Texas. I'm a huge Dallas Stars fan, obviously, but I am awesome. also a very. Uh, I love to watch the Canadians because I was a goalie growing up. I'm a, you know, very, you know, that's what I love about hockey is watching, you know, different goalies. And Carey Price is probably my very favorite goalie to watch. Period. Isn't he lovely? Yeah. I, God, I he's hope really he's lovely. healthy this season because man, that was a yeah. disaster last year. But all right, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, hop off the call. You guys just uh, I'll, I'll keep it I'll keep it recording. You guys have a little okay. hockey love fest. Some hockey talk. Okay. Yeah. Very nice to meet you. We're, we're boring Mark because Mark uh, is not a hockey person. But, uh, that, I'm sorry, Mark. Well, I like all sports. You being from Canada and a hockey fan, you're like the best. Uh, you're Rick's favorite guest we've ever had on the show. Like, period. You can literally do this for like the next two hours. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, uh, to introduce Anne to everybody, Anne is a past heptathlon world athlete. Uh-huh. She's been incorporating ritual into her daily life since her teens. I'm reading this from the email that I got, Anne. Just, uh, you probably, this sounds familiar. Now a yoga educator and studio owner, Anne strongly believes in the importance of integrating breath and movement for both daily health and pain management. And this is something that we're probably going to talk about. A two-time cancer survivor and mm-hmm. recent patient of hip surgery has also made ritual a guiding force in her 30s and 40s. Welcome to the show, Anne. We've, we've been recording. We're going to just play all that hockey talk for, for everybody. Oh, no. Okay, yeah. that's great. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so cool. So let's really just let's, let's talk about your background. Tell us about this heptathlon stuff. Rick has no idea what that means. That's seven, right? Or six? I think it's 12. It's seven. Oh, it's actually seven? Okay. seven. It feels like 12, but it's seven. <laughs> Gosh. It's seven events in track and field, and it uh, covers two days of competition, and it's really a about bringing your very best and what that's what I really like about it it's um, an individual sport um, that can help your team out very well by gaining more points Um, so it's something that's a little different about being on a track and field team and um, it asks you to kind of let go of something that just happened and reset the next thing focus yeah and and do your best again so um, I think it's a nice way to help yourself shine as an athlete and as a human being you have to be around these people for two whole days so you can't (laughs) um, you know you can't have that mindset that isn't of inclusivity and uh, equanimity and it's about really honoring that everybody can shine really well some days and some events and some days we have harder times and it, it's really neat because even though you're competitors with each other 
there's this real camaraderie of you, you really want to see someone do their very best. Yeah. Even now, if it does mean that they beat you in points, it's, it's really cool to see someone do something they've never done before. Yeah. So, were, were you on the like, Canadian national team? Like when it says world athlete, what does that mean? Yes. Yes. I was very blessed to be able to do that. Wow. I was um, lucky also to attend um, a couple of Olympics, which is pretty cool. So, so that which was ones? really fun to do. Which Olympics? I guess the last two? <laughs> no, I, lo- I would love to admit that, but it's a lifetime ago. It's almost 25 years ago or so. So in 1992 to Barcelona. So you were like five when you made it to the Olympics? You're was- really kind. Wow. <laughs> the youngest was, Olympian I'll ever. I was younger. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> you were on the Chinese gymnastics team. Is that is that how that works? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was one of them, yeah. <laughs> um, no, so it was, um, it was quite a lifetime ago, but it's um, really... Uh, fostered, I think, for my parents and how I was, how I was brought up, really fostered that uh, when you're given a gift, you should let it shine. And that gives other people the opportunity to be their very best as well. So it's not about beating anyone. It's yeah. about being your best that day. So what what do you think of the seven? Well, name the seven real quick. Just list them off and then, and <laughs> yeah, then that's, say... That's honestly in my mind. I was like, okay, let me think if I can think of the seven. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. the thing where they throw the thing, the thing where they throw the other thing. So Yeah, there's that thing and there's this too. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and, then, and, then say, and then say what your, like, what your best uh, event was. Okay, so um, you would start at 100 meter hurdles, then you would go okay. to high jump, then you would do shot put, and then you would do the 200 meter. Wow. That's your first day of competition. All and right. I came to competing as a hurdler, so hurdlers were very okay. strong for me, and the whole event is very powerful and sprint dominated, so it was a good thing for me. If you if we did the height to jump ratio, I would be one of the best jumpers in the whole wide world. Oh my gosh. But <laughs> my height at 5'7 was not very comparable to some of my like comrades six feet. at 6'3". Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they would out jump me in high jump and uh, that was that was a tough thing. But I was I was a good jumper. I would jump about a total of 6'1". jump. So. So it was tough to keep up to people that would just stand yeah. at that. So <laughs> Right. Um, but then the next day, you would start off at uh, long jump and then do javelin and the 800 meter. And as much as I did not like the 800 meter because of the feeling that it left with you, I was very strong in that. That was uh, a good good record for me. So, so did you, uh, let's see, who is that, like, the, the all-time, oh, is it Stig? Peterson, that the, like the short, like Swedish guy that could like was like the best high jumper in the world. Did you ever? Or is yeah, it sh- he's pretty I? amazing. Yeah. So did you, were you like anywhere. were you kind of in the like contempor- contemporaries with him? Wasn't he? Or was he earlier than that? Was he like in the eighties? What or? I believe he was in the eighties. Okay. Yeah. 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 I know my so, track sort of Rick. So you don't. I was just. I, I was just formulating in my mind. I was like, and now another edition of. Mark names a random athlete <laughs> and probably gets it wrong. Well, like, this guy, guy was right. like, I think he got it right. Well, I, Mark I don't will periodically do this. He'll be talking to somebody about like a kind of a niche sport, and he'll be like, "Okay, wasn't there a guy from Romania in like 1961? His name was John Coctostin. That and the guest is always like." Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What you're sounding talking. a little bit like what's that guy? They'd always cheer the guy that would come in through cheers, Norm. But then his friend that was really, really good on all the Cliff Clavin. Cliff. Yes. Cliff, you're sounding really good, Rick. Oh my gosh, I'm so impressed, Rick. <laughs> Thank you. So I will say this: like the 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 decathletes, the heptathletes, all those yeah. people, they typically are the best athletes. Like they don't just take like. You know, like, I don't know, to me, like, so that's uh, trying to give you a compliment here. Like, I, well, thank you. Yeah, it's like, that's the, you know, the, you're, the, the freakish athletes are the ones that they're like, hey, you know what? Uh, can you come do all of this? Cause like, we need points in all these things and you can do I them all. I think it's something that we're, we're, we're really like, we've got a good sense of humor. And <laughs> yeah. just doing one thing is not enough. You have to try a bunch of different things and see how you do. So yeah. I think there's a, an incredible amount of athletes in the world in their own right in all that they do. And I will agree that doing uh, decathlon and heptathlon are extremely challenging and extremely rewarding at the same time. Because it's just your own body yeah. and you don't have anything but yourself to depend on. So uh, that's really cool. It was well, really fun. Very cool. So Okay, so, uh, so after your world athletic career, tell us uh, mm-hmm. sort of what, how you got to where you are now. 
Okay. Um, well, I guess that uh, it was an injury that took me out, and I honestly I didn't get to compete in my second Olympic, even though I was honored to be oh, named no. to the team. I gave up my spot and, and let another person who's younger and coming up take it, which is the right thing to do. But they were really kind to me and left my name as honored on that team, so that was really cool. Were you injured um, like training, or like what happened? Yeah, I had, uh, you know, how we train because we want to uh, do our very best. And then you also have a sense of wanting to please others that are about you. And there's a sense of pressure for keeping uh, where you're at. Um, I think I was very ignorant of my own pain and I wasn't very checked in to, um, to how my body, I, I knew what was going on, but I was really good at ignoring it. And I was doing a lot of damage to my hip and to my knee. And um, I competed in pain quite a bit. Yeah. And uh, I don't think, quite honestly, until I actually had my hip surgery, I ever really knew what pain was because oh. all of a sudden I wasn't in that pain. So um, even though the hip surgery was actually what released the pain. You know, so was that a recent, was the hip pain. surgery recent or was that something that you, you had a long time ago? Um, I've only had it three years ago. And was it a, was it a complete, like a total replacement or no they didn't replace it there they did this in order to stave off a hip replacement um cool. so i was told that i'd be very lucky if i could actually walk properly again or maybe even run definitely i wouldn't be jumping or doing any kind of training like plyometrics so it was really um interesting i had to um i had to take that risk and see what would happen and when i went in there they found a lot more so something that should have just been about a 45 minute procedure by scope turned out into almost a three-hour surgery oh by scope, which turned out to be the first one in the world of its kind. Oh, so wow. it was helpful to a lot of people to find that that can be done that way and be a little less invasive. It was also so concentrated. It was a different kind of healing protocol. And so I've helped um, by my healing. I've give, given inspiration and insight for others to, to be able to do the same and to for the doctors to know what to do and what not to do actually as well. So cool. So tell us about uh, your your studio, your yoga, and all that. How did you get into all yeah. that? Well, I think um, I've been doing yoga for a very long time since I was a little kid. Um, I used to hang out at the library a lot because my gymnastics practice was close to there, and that was my first sport that I competed in quite richly. And uh, the the librarian there saw me, you know, waiting for my ride to get home or waiting for my sister to be done work and pick me up and then go home. And so she, uh, in trying to connect me and just going through a bunch of different things, she started putting yoga books out for me saying, hey, you might be interested in this. It's kind of like gymnastics, but there's lots of reading with it, too. Rick, so, a library is where they, they where they have lots of books that you can check out. Uh, where that's, people, where, uh, that's where I have to go to do all the Skype for the, uh, for the podcast. <laughs> the internet. Yeah. <laughs> There you go, yeah. So a library is a place where you can check out a book, and I used to love to do that a lot. So it was very close to where I trained, and I would just go hang out there while I was waiting for some family member to help me get home. So I was little. So I actually started yoga when I was like eight or nine. And um, it was just always kind of my own private thing. And being in gymnastics, you're told a lot of like, there's a lot of body image stuff going on with weight and what you can and cannot do. And I was never very good at listening to people, so I kind of always did my own thing. And it was one way I could do my own thing. And um, it helped me stay stretched and limber and connected to my body. So I knew, like, where everything was in space very well. So it just was a really, really neat thing that I fell in love with. And I kind of fell in and out of love with it from about the age of eight or nine on. And I noticed that at 16, when I was coaching uh, some junior national members of the track team, that was part of their mobility and their dynamic warm-up. And then um, people were asking me to help them with it a bit more. And I was down to the States to look into some scholarships. And when I was there, I'd find, like, I'd check out if there was a yoga studio around or because <laughs> I didn't have that yeah. where I grew up. And it was interesting. And it just evolved. It evolved into my love of movement and biofeedback and physiology, and uh, which led me to getting my master's in exercise science and understanding rehab therapy because they go hand in hand very well and um, it just fostered this really great component of education so um, I started off as a teacher and then realized that my part-time passion was really truly in the field that I'd been doing kind of part-time and so my love lay in helping people find their best health yeah and yeah. so that eventually about eight years ago I just took a big leap of faith and put all my money into this one place called a uh, beautiful building that now is my <laughs> yoga studio that overlooks the lake and it's got six studios in it and it's 
really beautiful and uh, it's a home for people to come to to feel safe and healthy and fun happy and just feel their body move in joyful ways that maybe they couldn't do before and um, bring health back so there's a sense of restoration and rejuvenation as well as finding athletic progress so, yeah, so it's been really amazing awesome so i've got i've got three three kids two daughters that are seven and five Yay. and they've done they did gymnastics and then they did a year of dance and now like in august in like six days they're going back into gymnastics so what you're saying is that if they do gymnastics starting now, they're going to go to two Olympic games. <laughs> yes. Cool. Awesome. That's. I'm you so excited. Mark, you try to buy your plane ticket yeah. now for those Olympics. Because maybe I think if they keep doing what they love, they're going to be able to do whatever they'd like to. Do. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, yeah. I, as far as like little kids and you know, there's a whole debate out there right now about specialization and specializing too early. Mm-hmm. So you think that? Absolutely. I mean, you're you're based on your own experience, and I mean, you're are you okay with like an all around gymnastics kind of starting out? learning like you kind of said your balance and coordination and absolutely yeah body awareness is so important and exposing it to many variances in body awareness is very important um quite honestly guys i've taught well over well over oh my gosh in june i celebrated 30 years of teaching yoga so i'm gonna say this would be out of the ballpark maybe but at least i've taught fifteen thousand classes i'll say half that right at least so that's Um, I know that I have overtraining of 31,000 hours, right? And so that's if we put a class per hour, I'll still be in the ballpark of 15,000 classes. I haven't taught the exact same class ever. Well, so, you know, that this whole 10,000 hours rule, like I would say that you are a master of teaching, so. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I think I have a lot to learn and I go uh, every day that I teach. I just really tune into what's around me and what's coming up and I pay attention to the needs that I experience and see. And do my very best to help me grow as a human being so that will hopefully help another person as well. So I just stay a very good student. And um, oh, I y'all, that- can y'all all hear that? Yeah, I, okay. I can hear it. <laughs> that is uh, 530-42-HUMAN. I think- so, and we have like a like a phone number set up where people can leave us like a short like a voicemail and yep. uh periodically <laughs> i think it's pro- i think it's i think it's lonnie actually periodically when we're recording with someone i guess mark has it set up to yeah. where for some reason it, it's a, like a google voice box yeah. or whatever and it does that when someone calls so right now in the middle of the interview someone is calling I, I, it was 5342 lonnie. human to leave us a voicemail yeah. that's really funny. well that's great yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay cool so and let's let's talk about we i have given uh i've done some some research in front of the library and I've done a couple of some talks <laughs> about habits and creating healthy habits and things like yep. that. And I know that is something that you are uh, specialized in. So let's talk a little bit about habits. And you've already, you already said the word, I don't know if anybody caught it at the beginning of the interview, you said ritual. So let's mm-hmm. talk about the difference between habits and rituals and kind of defining both of those terms. Um, I think ritual is... Um far more reaching than a habit obviously I think it's something that has everything to do with worth and that there's a feeling and that um, residual feelings around an outcome and their desired uh, outcome is more of what a ritual is like how you want to feel in something they're usually very highly empowering and it can create a sense to intent a sense to set um, small daily goals that you have value in. So a habit is not that it's not ritualistic and done a lot, but habit has less um, outcome to feeling and less outcome to a desire. So to me, um, I think in order for you to have a little bit of an understanding on how rituals assist us, they renew and connect us back to what we value. They hold us very close to those special secrets that are our own um, to not let our mindset change into things that can be affected from outside sources and um, help us to stay true to the value that we'd like to be. So it really helps us to determine what are our goal values or what are our desired feelings of how we'd like to live our life and helps us through ritual to maintain that on a daily basis. Whereas it can be a habit to do something over and over, but you don't have to put a goal or a value to it. Yeah, so it's almost like like habits, like brushing your teeth is yep. a habit, but that's not, not necessarily a ritual, but it's almost like a ritual. All rituals are habits, 
mm-hmm. but not all habits are rituals. That's kind of a, that's kind of uh, like a totally an oxymoron like that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It's um, you can and you can make your brushing your teeth quite a ritual experience, right? Yeah. You could um, do it a certain way. You could put intention to while I'm brushing my teeth, I'm going to repeat in my mindset um, the way I want to face my day today. And I can repeat that as I brush my teeth. So you can absolutely right. make yeah. habits cool. into beautiful, sustaining rituals. Yeah. So absolutely. tell us, like, um, what are what are the rituals and, and habits in your own life? Okay. Um, I'll try to keep them very simple. Yeah. I think, I first of all, I start my, my day all the time um, with an intention. So before I let my feet uh, go onto the floor, um, I really check into nature around me. I'm really, you know, really happy to be living in an area that I can have trees pretty close to my window. So before my heat hit, my feet hit the floor, I'll just check into what's going on in nature. And that also checks into what's going on in my nature. How's my head? How's my mindset on the day? And how do I want to feel in my day? So I'll usually start with setting my own day with an intention. Um, and then I'll do things like, uh, being very specific because I have a full and rich life that means I have to stick to a schedule a lot of times I'll also be ritualistic in my checking of my daily schedule there's a certain place that I'll sit with it and I'll make sure that I understand how my day is going to evolve and within that I really look for little glances of places that I can find hey how can I get out for a walk in nature or can get a run in because that's to me ritualistic on how I want to feel connected and liberated so when I'm connected to nature and when I'm doing things that empower me with strength and grace, then I'm absolutely living an empowered, ritualized life. So I'll look into my schedule and find and savor opportunities that lay before me to be able to live my unique life, but fill it with ritual that makes me feel complete and whole. Yeah. Um, but also from the very beginning of the day, I do a little something called RPMs. So that means I do the rise, pee, meditate, or move. <laughs> Rise. Okay, so you, you, you what, like pee as in urinate? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> is there another, no, Mark, she cooks up a big batch of English peas and the whole family sits around and eats them. No. So I'll, what I'm doing by that really is um, building in that time to check in. That might be a better time for me to check into what I'm intending to, but I'll take care of myself in a ritualized way of, I do make a moment for stillness. Um, I realize I'm a very active person and uh, coming to sitting still has not been easy for me, but I've also realized how important it is and how important it is that when I um, sit and meditate, it gives me that opportunity to clear everything and clear the clutter and be very attuned to what my values are. And that means I can make my rituals come true and I can be attuned to them. So I do find time to get up. Um, to take care of business and then to uh, meditate. And I also do a little bit of movement for myself every day, even, um, you know, just a little bit of a morning ritual of yoga, not long at all. But sometimes because of busy days and chosen awesomeness in my days, that may be the only time I get a, a little bit of a yoga movement in for me. And it can be ritualized. And first of all, putting a consistent important to that ritual in my life. I would like to say this. Uh, the thing that I'm also getting out of you talking about ritualizing things is mm-hmm. it seems to me like if you make that a priority, how you want, how do you want to basically do your day, it's, your day is more intentional. And so you're less likely to just kind of float around and be like, well, just do whatever, whenever. It, you're, you get more done. But at the same time, uh, that almost gives you more control over your life, better time management. Does that make? Is, are you seeing that that is something that you see off of that also? Yes, I agree completely that you have more control over the things that are happening because they're also part of what you uh, deem important and deem uh, part of a sense of feeling and what you'd like to create in your life. So you have more space for it. You're not simply looking looking at a day full of things to check off of a list. Yeah. Yes, some of that might be partially happening, but you do it with a feeling and an intention and uh, more of an inner goal of how you'd like to live your life rather than this exterior goal of just getting something done. So it really helps us to assist, um, again, to renewing and connecting back to what we value and hold close and um, not let our thoughts distract us from that you know, proximal feeling of importance in our value. 
And um, it really connects us to why we're here and why these values are important for us to have, um, which is going to free up some time in your day, too. Yeah, I, I mean, that, one of the follow-ups I was going to ask you is, like, what are the benefits of having rituals? And I think you, you kind of were starting, but, but can we sort of flesh that out a little bit more? Like, what, what are the other benefits mm-hmm. as far as, like, what, what, what negative things does being so intentional, like, marginalize that, you know, like, that people that don't do this have to deal with X or Y or whatever it is? Okay, I think that you're not consistent um, when you don't have ritual in your life. I think that you don't have an outlet and um, you possibly can take yourself away from being the best conduit of your own happiness as well. Um, That other people can wag your tail pretty quickly. That other people can control your thought patterns pretty quickly. And I think when you um, put forth what it is that's important to you, and of course, it's all from a place of doing no harm to everyone. That's the best way to live, right? And when even an important thing to you should be that it's going to be helpful to all rather than just for yourself. Um, It just helps you to be more delighted in your your awesomeness of your choices and the value of your choices, which is going to create a bit more space for you. It's going to be able to help you say no to sometimes the crap and the bull that can come around you quite honestly and i'm sorry to swear on it but there's a lot of that in our world right yeah and um it can stop you from being um kind of pulled in every direction and it can help you set your true north or set that alignment of how you want to live your life so let's talk about the we we have a few minutes to go i can't believe 30 minutes is almost up but let's (laughs) talk about integrating breath and movement for both daily Mm -hmm. health and pain management how like what what do you mean by that Wow. Okay. Um, in one minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In one minute, go. Okay. Well, I think we're re- we're learning so much about the pain brain feedback system. Yeah. Pain is really in our brain. Um, I think then, therefore, we have to go to the fact that it's our nervous system, and that's a bi-directional system. I think that there's a lot of ways to help your nervous system by slowing down and becoming more present. Using breath is one of the easiest and most accessible ways to do that. Because everyone has so, to breathe. There's yes, no one that so. doesn't have to breathe. <laughs> yep. I think everyone has to breathe. <laughs> so um, when we can check into how the quality of our breath, how we're helping our breath, how we're slowing it down, we're checking into things in our system, our nervous system that can support a place of greater relaxation in almost this kind of harmonizing or elliptical balance between activation and rejuvenation. So when you attune to your breath and you're leading uh, the ritual of attuning to your breath, you're giving space for your body to be much more in that reset pattern of neutral and rejuvenation rather than on fight and flight all the time, right? So you're checking into that a little bit more. And it's really not hard. I, I find most people can do it in seven breaths. And that's something in the future I'd love to talk more about the power of seven. You can have um, a natural reminder in your hand, like a stone or something with seven little dots on it and take a look at it and just help you check into seven full, complete breaths. And you can change your whole minute. Could this, is this, this may not be the, uh, the outlet for something like this, but could you take us and our listeners through like a guided, like a quick guided meditation, like something they could do really quick to sure. kind of tap into yeah, that. Yeah, sure can. Cool. Okay. So I'm going to assume that you're going to be sitting in your spot right now. Um, if not, you could stand tall in your spot and feel firmly rooted in your feet no matter where you're at. So get yourself comfortable and you're seated, that your spine is nice and neutral and embracing all of its curves, but your yeah, feet can I'm, I'm feel the ground. I'm doing yeah. this as you speak. Right. So I'm that's, awesome. that's the idea. So I'm sitting in my, I'm sitting on a chair. I'm standing. And your feet. Good. Your feet are on the ground. And now let your spine just feel how your spine is nice and long from uh, the place where you're seated. And it runs up all the long lengths and curves of your spine right to the base of your neck. And then soften your shoulders. And I'd like you to take a nice gentle breath in. And a nice gentle breath out. So this time as you breathe in, very gently count to yourself. One, two, three. Take a little pause, even seeing that word. And then breathe out. One, two, three. Feel your feet on the floor. Feel your hands calm on your thighs by your knees. Take a breath in. One, two, three. Pause. Let your body soften and breathe out. One, two, three. This time feel that your torso is calm 
warm and relaxed, breathing in, one, two, three, pause, and breathe out, one, two, three. Allow your head to feel like it's reaching up through the ceiling towards the sky, but it feels light and soft. Breathe in, two, three, pause, and breathe out, one, two, three. Gently scan your body from your feet to the very crown of your head. Breathe in one, two, three, pause, breathe out one, two, three. Now simply come back to your breath, returning to inhale and exhale. Inhale one more time and exhale. Very gently at the end of this exhale, put a small, gentle smile on your face, the best curve of your whole body. Mm. And let your shoulders stay soft. Let your head feel tall and light. Let your feet feel grounded. Put a bigger smile on and be ready for your day. That was greatness. Rick, how that do you was feel? pretty awesome. Uh, and I'm going to be calling you every day <laughs> now until the day <laughs> well, I die. Yeah, yeah. We, we are recording this, Rick. That, so that the, the, like, oh, how that no. works is you could just like play it again to yourself. It's, uh, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> cool. So it is really important to take a moment, you know, or seven a day, but to, uh, to live your life with small rituals. And I find that I can do that through consistency. Uh, journaling helps me and just having things um, that I can choose to make sure they're important to me. So I might choose um, how to build a ritual in my life by determining an area that I'd really like to have a ritual in. So something that's practical and repeatable, yeah. um, but uh, that sets a rhythm in the action of choosing this particular place that has value. That means I can repeat, but I realize I couldn't um, I wouldn't like my day to go on without having this value in it. Awesome. Yeah, that is, man, this has been awesome. Um, we have Thank two you. things that we're going to do yeah. before we let you go. And we, I know we need to let you go. I want you to get back to your, to your family time. Uh, before I do those two things, where can everyone find you? Promote yourself. Okay. <laughs> Anne Green Yoga is one of the best places to find me. So com. I'm also on um, Instagram at Shinologist, and I'm on Facebook also as Facebook um, backslash Shinology. So wait, hold on. So spell, spell Shinologist. Shine and then O-L-O-G-I-S-T. Okay. Ologist, yep. <laughs> cool. And then there's yeah. also, she has another Instagram account that is I'm a better athlete than you dot com. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I believe that's one. <laughs> I will pay you, Anne, 10,000 American dollars to throw a javelin through my chest <laughs> at like 100 yards. I will, it will be the greatest video we ever made. Oh, be I will not do that, but I will definitely throw a javelin for you. No problem. Oh, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, Rick, um, we're, we're going to do real quick, Anne, uh, before we get to the final question, we're going to guess your birthday. And don't give us any hints. Oh. We're going to guess your birthday. Just, uh, just a very random, yeah. weird thing that we came upon several months ago, and we just do this with all of our guests, okay? I love it, yeah. And one time, I nailed it right on the head, and I said that every single interview, but I can't stop to- uh, tooting my own horn. I nailed the birthday We're gonna, one time, I'm going so. I'm gonna to get, I'm gonna get okay. one. January 13th. No. <laughs> okay, Rick, go. We each get two guesses. August 9th. No. Uh, I'm going to go March 14th. Oh, you're so close. Because <gasps> that, that was Marcus Brown's birthday, Rick, our last guest. Dang okay, it. Well, uh, I was going, this is what I, my last guest was going to be uh, before we even said, said stuff. And when Mark guessed an early of the year birthday, and you kind of like, oh, no. So it's like, okay, maybe I'll try August. So this is what I was going to try in the first place March 11th. Oh, you're both so good. No, I am a March baby, though. <sighs> what is it? Okay, what is March seventeenth. Oh man! You came very close, Mark. You came what, very, very four, close. I was three days three. off. Three. I think days. about this too. Honestly, March seventeenth is St. Patrick's Day, right? Right. And my name is Anne Green. Oh Whoa. my gosh! It's pretty weird. What the heck? <laughs> so, anyways, that's funny. That is crazy. Okay, and then the yeah. final thing, the final question, and this will be—I think this will be okay. easy for you to answer. What is one thing you enjoy about life, or something you do to make life more enjoyable? You don't have to do anything oh. with yoga or yeah. uh, throwing the discus or anything like that. No, no, no. Like- yeah. I get outside in nature every day. Awesome. I love being connected to nature. I'm just an outside kind of person. 
Well, and and now, I, if you'd like to drive all the way down to Texas and mow my lawn, it's 120 <laughs> degrees outside. I'd be more than happy to let you connect with nature. And that. that would be okay. She's like, oh, my car uh, broke down. And I okay, everyone has made fun of me. My wife and kids uh, left left me. Now they left town for a weekend, uh, and I had to work. And I went camping by myself. <laughs> And everyone thought I was crazy. I think Anne will be someone that will support my decision to go to the state park. I totally get it. I totally yeah. get it. That's and, totally oh, great. It was Fantastic. so great. I took my mountain bike, Rick. Nice. And I rode. Mountain bike talk. Yeah. Mark Rogers. And I hiked and I did all sorts of things. But anyway, Anne, That's this has been awesome. Thank you so much for your time. We will let you get back to your, to your outdoor time. Thank you very much. I hope you have a wonderful day. It was really great talking to you and I'm very honored to have been asked to talk to you. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. Thank you, Anne. You can find her at all the places that we literally just talked about, anngreenyoga.com, and follow her on Instagram, at Shineologist. Um, it is now time for Humans Being Human, and a good friend of mine, you, you have never met, but Craig is uh, is coming on the show. We uh, He's in the Barbershop Quartet, which we talked a little bit about that. Uh, really good friend of mine, and he helped us out. Uh, for humans being human. If you have a humans being human story, email us simply human lifestyle or simply human rick at gmail.com. Call us, let us know. And uh, most of the time, if you call us and email us and say, hey, I've got a story, we will have you on. So uh, please let us know if you think you have a funny story or an unbelievable, embarrassing, whatever it is, a story that you have told more than about three times, I think qualifies for a humans being human story. So here is Craig. And when dogs attack. Joining us on Humans Being Human, I'm pleased to have a good friend of mine on the show for the very first time. Craig is on the show. I will not uh, give his last name to protect uh, half of his identity. So, Craig, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, man. Can I can I use your can I use your your first name? Is that I didn't ask. Can I? Is that okay? Uh, well, I guess. I mean, that's fine. I'll keep it super clean. Okay. Since you're using my first name. Okay. Sweet. That <laughs> is what she said. Um. So. Uh, okay. That she she might have said that. I'll yeah, prove that. I'll keep it clean. Yeah. She she could have said that. <laughs> so she says a lot of things. I don't know. So Rick, you know uh, the the uh, church musical that I was in last year, Daniel, where I was the king. Craig was actually Daniel. He was Daniel. Oh. This well, guy. Uh, I'm going to criticize your performance, Craig. You should have killed Mark on stage. <laughs> you well, that's true. Him in front of everyone. Yeah. We'd all be better off. I I had like sidebar discussions to have that written in, but Anne said no. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, and then Craig right. had Craig can sing very well. Craig has a type of voice. That makes you want to um, rip your clothes off. Is that, is that, does that make sense? Uh, I that... think uh, that's accurate. When I think of myself, <laughs> I mostly do it naked. <laughs> you it's stand in front of a mirror. Craig, are you in the ridiculous barbershop court? He is. He is. Yes, I am. I am. He, he's our baritone, and he is very good. He could sing all the parts if he wanted uh, to. The he, B sharps, okay. Yeah, from <laughs> a, a Simpsons reference, yes. Um, so uh, Craig has a story, and it's uh, all you said was that it involved a, a dog. It's all I know. Mm. That's right. Um, so this story uh, happened when I was much younger. Uh, this is actually kind of funny. As I thought more about this story, uh, I was living next door to a girl, call me, Ooh. and I won't tell you <laughs> who she is because you know her. Okay. Um, I think so I know. So, are, are you in high school, probably, middle school? Okay, you're about to say. Yeah, I was like, I couldn't have been more than eight years old. I mean, I was elementary okay. age. And I was uh, just over next door to call me's house, <laughs> and um, we were playing, having a good time. We were out back. Um, on or around their swing set, okay? Okay, on or about, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on or about. We were around the swing set, all I can remember, before I blacked out. And so oh. we were, they had this, they had this huge, to me, as a five or six or seven, eight-year-old around that age, That's they had a pretty big range there, Craig. Gigantor <laughs> dog. Well, it wouldn't have mattered to me if I was four or I was eight. It was a gigantic dog. Yeah, okay. So, and I remember it being all white. Okay. So, at some point, I am. Are you sure it wasn't a polar the bear? Grass. It could have been a polar bear. <sighs> that would make the story it, much Yes, better. it could have been a polar yeah. bear. Um, I was in the grass, and I we were playing on swings. I was fixing to jump up on like monkey bars or something, and I turn and look at this dog and see this dog 
very angrily running at me, right? Did you provoke the dog so, in any way? And not in any way. Okay. It's just that you were wearing in- pants that are made out of jerky. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay, so other than jerky pants, <laughs> I didn't really know of any way that I was provoking the dog. Okay. So I turn just in full protection mode, trying to climb the monkey bars to get up high enough that this dog can't get me. And about the time I turn and make it like two rungs up this monkey bar swing set, it takes the biggest like giant dog size hunk out of my butt. What? Big bite like, out of my rear. Like uh, like through your pants, like it like made you bleed? Through my through my pants, through my underwear, Ooh, talk, through yeah. my meat, through, oh, talk slower, man. through my meat. I thought, the, I thought the cactus bike story was sexy, Rick. This is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is way yeah. better. <laughs> and the way this, the way this, this is not even the most like embarrassing part. Okay. So at that, at that point, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be bad. So, and well, I realized yeah, so your pants are, really your close. pants are ripped. Okay. Do what? So, like, your pants are ripped. You're, are you, like, did the dog, like, back off? Did it attack, like, keep attacking you? Did you get no, out of the its dog reach? Back, the dog backed off. I, I think I think the parents came out, you know, took You're the dog away. You're screaming like a girl. Yeah. I'm, yes, I've got ripped jeans, ripped underwear. Mm. I'm, I'm bleeding. It's somewhere in the vicinity <laughs> of my anus, but I'm not exactly, it's not, it's, it's not like... Oh my gosh! It's not oh, like let's clip that like, out yeah. and play that every episode of now from the Simply Human podcast. And, and remember, it was somewhere near my anus, but I'm not sure exactly where it was. <laughs> I mean, it's in that ballpark. Okay. But um, so <laughs> I go inside and start trying to clean up. We live next door, so I call my parents. And okay, so phase two of this story: enter my mom. Oh, Mary, Mary Lynn, Rick, and uh, uh, Mary Lynn, call me. By the way, yeah. So we go up, and Mom is like, you know, my age. I'm, I'm like, thinking I'm going to die. Mom's like, well, you know, pull your pants down. I got to look at it. Mm. So then I go. She said that to me a couple weeks ago. Right. (laughs) You were like, okay, I'll let you look at it. So um, she brought her microscope. (laughs) Shut up. Yeah. Yeah, is that a thread hanging out of your pants? <laughs> we have derailed. Okay, so your mom says drop them. I got to look at your near anus wound. Yeah, so, you know, I I bend over in like uh, pick up the soap mode. Oh. And she checks out. She checks out, you know, what is a big bite out of my rear. And to this point, Mark, I've never shown you the scar, but there really is. So it was a, like, did that? Did from, they put that dog to sleep or something? Like, what? The dog attacked you. What happened to the dog? I don't know what. I don't know what they did to the dog. But I've been like all through middle school and high school ish up until about last week. I've been deathly afraid of dogs. Of big white so, things. <laughs> yeah, of, of all kinds of big white things. Yeah, cotton ball things and golly oh, man i'll just never forget the look of that dog yeah. running at me it was horrible well maybe I've... that's why like in all the videos you see the grainy vhs videos they show of like the al-qaeda training camps where they're always on monkey bars maybe that's why they're doing that <laughs> i've always wondered why the emphasis on but... monkey bars for terrorists but maybe it's to keep them you know prepared for when dogs attack yeah yeah, and if they're around, yeah, monkey it's bars. a good training. It's a good training tool. I've been to that school, it's and uh, that, that's a pretty good great. School. Okay, uh, joining us is calling NSA. Uh, Rick, have you been attacked? Jihadist, uh, Greg. Have you <laughs> have you been attacked by a dog, Rick? No, you've never been attacked oh, by yeah, a dog. You know what? That is not true. Uh, so, I was a you know a grown man when this happened, but uh, put that in the bragging montage. <laughs> uh, my parents had a border collie. Bill? Uh, no, no, no. After my my my, uh, my dog Bill died, the night I took <laughs> he my died. SATs. He died so hard. <laughs> died the night before I took my SATs. Uh, like the next year, I got my parents a dog. We found a me and the, my girlfriend at the time. I found a stray dog. We took him home. Blah 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 blah. My parents loved him. So we've got they've got this border collie at the house. I, I took well, care of that dog. Mark, shut up! God, I love that. So, dog. I'm in college. I uh, adopted a dog. That's another long story that I'm trying not to relate. But so I have a dog when I'm in college. Well, I bring my dog home to my parents' house, not knowing, like, kind of not realizing, like, the dogs are going to freak out. 
so we're trying to get the dogs to like kind of uh, you know meet each other or what have you. Well, everything seemed to be going very smoothly until like I reached over very randomly to pet my parents' dog. His name was Buddy. And that Ooh. SOB bit me on the hand for like I wasn't even hmm. doing anything. That's as close as I ever came to you know an, a a dog uh, penetrating my. My anus. Right, right. But I still have a scar like I'm looking at it on my left hand. This idiot dog bit me for Uh, no reason. Buddy, I dog dog sat Buddy. Isn't Buddy the one that you had Jackson dog sit and he totally forgot? No, that was my dog, uh, Ron. Ron, that's the one I'm thinking of. I had our friend Jackson. I went out of town to visit my girlfriend and future wife. And I asked my friend Jackson, hey, will you check in on my dog? Like once every 12 hours is probably sufficient. He's really behaves himself well and he's like yeah sure no problem so i go away for the weekend and jackson didn't come by one time and there's like it's legitimately like a gallon of dog pee soaked into the (laughs) well i i was i think i've told this on the podcast when i was out on a long run one time like in the early morning hours i was attacked by a german shepherd out in like the middle of nowhere and man, that was super scary. My brother Brad, when he, we were little, we were visiting somebody like in Louisiana, and he was like running out to the trampoline, and they had a German Shepherd. And as he's like running the trampoline, the German Shepherd like just started chasing him and like like tackled him and like bit his knee. I mean, he had to get stitches like on his knee. It was like such an open grief. wound. Yeah. So when dogs attack, it happens. What is up with this world and dogs? Oh, Good no. night. Well, hey, just, Craig, uh, take all the dogs and melt them down. <laughs> Hey, uh, Craig. T- I, amen. Time travel talk. I, I am telling the possum story to Rick in crosstalk, which is going to be at the beginning of this show. So, uh, I, Rick, there's a little. So we're, we're, we we have already talked about possum talk to all the listeners, but I can't wait to tell you the story, Rick. I can't wait to yeah, go it's a good back in time to hear it yeah. from where we are now. Yeah. Well, we are right at 10 I minutes. Actually, hey, I actually uh, ran through that road today. I saw I'll it yesterday. I'll let you tell the story, yeah. but there's, there's not very much left of it. I know. So. I saw it yesterday. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> all right. Well, Craig, this has been great. Thank you for doing this. We are right at 10 minutes. That was perfection. We will okay, see good. you. Glad, in a, I could, glad I could do it. We will see you in about an hour. All right. See you later. All right, bye. Thank you, Craig. You can find Craig uh, everywhere books are sold and at uh, men's restrooms, at truck stops, all across I-20. Um, it is now time for the Simeon Tip of the Week. Do what? I, what? I, I didn't follow that. Is that where Craig works or what? Uh, no, uh, Craig's actually an insurance man, and he is a very successful insurance man. So why is he, does he just use the bathroom a lot? Yeah, uh, well, he just, he drives a lot. And, Does he uh, do his own podcast and he's just getting started? So he's recording. <laughs> he recorded, yeah, he recorded his first podcast and uh, that's where he was. Um, so we have kind of an interesting tip. <clears throat> uh, and this, this article is uh, 12 factors impacting dog bite claims, since we just <laughs> talked about dog bites. Uh, so when resolving opposing claims in dog bite cases, all sources of evidence need to be secured, and two in particular are the most reliable the dog. And the bite wounds, as we talked to Craig about his very... Um, it's about like suing someone whose dog bites I think you. so. Dogs are creatures of habit. A dog's temperament doesn't change. Dogs don't lie or change their behavior. I think these are all very good, positive tips. Um, hold on. I'm going to the next so picture. Whoa. Bit by a dog, steal the dog. Th- yes, there you go. Yeah, and then you can right. prove that There's he your tip of the week. There's your simply human tip of the week. If you get bit by a dog... You have to steal the dog <laughs> so that you can sue the pants off of the person who owns the dog. Yeah, so there's all these things this article is talking about. Like you like have to consider the breed, the sex of the animal, the age, and the health of animal. the animal. Huh? If you've had uh, – and then uh, – oh, go away. I ha- there is an actual tip. I just This is kind of a fun, like an interesting article. The size, the behavioral history, there's all these things. And all the pictures are like pit bulls and rottweilers. Uh, I think I, – Craig didn't ever deter- determine what – he just had a big white dog. Yes. Could it have been like a uh, a Could have white... been an alpaca. Yeah, might have been, or a yeti. That's not a real thing. Oh, well. The tip of the week is this: we we've had like kind of the animal theme this week, and uh, you know, animals are people too, Rick. So treat animals with kindness and respect, unless you need meat, and then you can uh, murder them. Well. This is Rich Mark Rogers talking about <laughs> respecting the lives of animals when he just told a story about 
squashing a possum <laughs> and all her babies and trying to shoot a rat that got into his house because he lives in squalor. Okay. <laughs> so everyone, listen to Mark Rogers. And, uh, and well, you know what? I, I would say you have to be kind to animals now because uh, to offset Mark Rogers, who is not kind to animals. Oh, I have two dogs. Them. I love my my dogs. Are you when are you going to shoot them? Are you going to shoot Rudy in the uh, face? Ri- are you my wife. Now, my wife wants to shoot Rudy in the face. Poor Rudy. He's laying at my feet right now. He's so he's so sweet. But as you're you saying that, why don't when, you shoot him? Right when, you, <laughs> when you say Mark lives in, would you say squalor? <laughs> like as <laughs> yes. you said that, Jen is literally like walking behind me with like the her little like cleaning thing that she has like all her little cleaning nope, sprays in. I don't know what in. thing you're talking about. Her well, it's like thing. her Clorox wipes and like her little bucket with all the little Malaluca sprays and things and she goes around she like every day. better get to it because you infested oh, with mice. Oh my gosh, she's going to murder you. Um, live on the subway. So the tip of the week is live and let live. Be kind to things around you. Don't don't just squash a bug for no reason. Only if it's bothering you, and or if you need meat to eat. Um, yeah, yeah, there you go. So there it is. Uh, all right, you can punch this cow that's been looking at me. I'm gonna go punch him in the face. <laughs> like uh, I was listening to the Marcus Brown episode talking about shooting the or punching the fish in the face. <laughs> that was such a funny segment. Oh, that might that might have even been the uh, previously. I'm gonna find that little section and put that as the previously. Go to the website simplylifestyle.com. You can find us uh, on Facebook. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, Periscope, all that good stuff at Simply Human fifty two. Um, what else? Go to the store page. There's our affiliate links. I I'm gonna have the Alt Shift Lift affiliate link up soon that is something i am the co-host of the alt shift podcast go subscribe to that please and uh the the book is out the alt shift lift book is is great we have uh let me let me look up the the last name here i should probably know this but it is the guy who um started like the spartan races oh yeah well you know what the spartan race is I have Facebook, Mark. I know. Yeah, we all know you have Facebook, you Mr. Facebook. I didn't ever even have Facebook. Too busy reading, huh? Having people read books at you. Joe DeSena, Spartan Race founder, fitness expert, and New York Times bestselling author of Spartan Up, has a new book coming out in August called Spartan Fit. He's coming on the show. We have Yuri Elkheim coming on the show, who's been on Dr. Oz and The Doctors and all sorts of, uh, he's like super famous. So we've got a lot of cool people coming on the show and then we've got you know everybody that we ever interview we're like we need to have you back on so yeah. we need to start having say, we have, stay tuned for when we uh, go through cycle number two of every yeah. guest we've ever had on the show yeah we always get derailed and we can't ever right. so so that that would be cool if you want if there was somebody in particular listener that you really liked that you want us to have back on call us 530-42-HUMAN email us oh, at yeah, lifestyle at gmail.com send me rick at gmail.com send us you know you can I think you can actually even text the 530-42-HUMAN um, if you, you want to I'm actually going to try doing that yeah I, I you, can, you can send us a text um, and uh, yeah any any like what we're asking for is guests we've already had on that you want back on and then I can reach out to those people uh, and we can see if we can have some of those guys back on. Anyone that you found particularly interesting, uh, we'll do that. We'll do it like that. So I think that's everything. So yeah. that's going to do it for this edition of the Simple Human Podcast. And remember, oh wait, oh can, uh, Canada. Good day, mate. Let's put another <laughs> shrimp. Throw another shrimp on the barbie. Is that not the right place? <laughs> so until next time, enjoy yourself.